So, so both of my boys love books, of looking at books and having my wife and I read them books. And every once in a while, they really get hooked on one. And so a book that they were recently hooked on that they blessed me to read to them 23 times in a row <laughs> was this book about a bunny. All right? and, and the thing is, this bunny, we didn't like being a bunny. He didn't want to be a bunny. He didn't like, you know, munching on carrots every day. His big old floppy ears. No, no, no. He wanted to be something better. He wanted to be something cool, you know, like, like a possum. So he decided to go and live with the possums. And then he realized that possums like to hang upside down. That wasn't really for him. So he thought to himself that maybe it'd be better to be a pig. So he went to live with the pigs. Of course, he got there and he learned that pigs like to roll around in mud. That's not something he wanted to do. So he said, maybe, maybe being with the bears is a better place to be. So he went to the bears. And you know, the problem with the bears is they like to sleep a lot during the winter. Bunnies don't like to sleep that much. So he said, that's not it. So, so he said, maybe, maybe being a bird is better than being a bunny. And you know what? That seemed like a great fit. He had a lot of fun with the birds until the whole flying thing came along. And he realized he didn't really fit in. And so at the end, of course, as you would imagine, he went back home and he realized that, well, things aren't so bad being a bunny. In fact, he got back home and, well, all of a sudden, he, he kind of liked those carrots he was munching on. He, he liked that big family that he had. He, he didn't even mind those big floppy ears. In the end, he realized that he was happy to be a bunny. Now, church, you know what animal we as Christians are compared to in Scripture, right? It's not bunnies. What animal are we compared to? Sheep. I don't know about you, but sometimes I think to myself, I want to be a sheep. I want to be called a sheep because we all, we all know the thing about sheep, right? If you don't know what I'm talking about, Trevor, if we have that video, let's, uh, let's go ahead and play this. I'm going to narrate this for you. So there's a sheep stuck in a ditch. How would a shepherd get them out? Look at that sheep's happy. He must be making a U-turn to thank the shepherd. That's what he's doing. And right back in the ditch. There it is. Yeah, thank you, Trevor. So what's the thing with sheep? Sheep do dumb things, right? They, and, and there are plenty of studies that show that sheep actually have, a, you know, as far as animals go, a, they're pretty, pretty intelligent, but a lot of the things they do seem contrary to that. And that's what we think about a lot of times with, with sheep. And the truth is, you know, people, we can be quite smart too, but like sheep, we do unintelligent things. Like how we get into the same trouble over and over again, right? Kind of like the sheep in that video, how we, we chase the same destructive sins in our life over and over. But here's the thing. I think that there are greater reasons that the Lord refers to us as sheep believers. Reasons that when we realize them, I think those reasons will leave us saying, you know what, I'm happy to be a sheep. I really am. And I want us to see some of those reasons today. Today we are concluding our series in the book of Psalms. As we get ready to look towards this Christmas season, celebrating the birth of our Lord, and then a new year and a new sermon series. Before all these things, we're going to conclude this series. And it doesn't seem fitting to conclude a series in the book of Psalms without looking at Psalm 23. So that's where we're going to be this morning. If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn there. If you don't, as always, I'd encourage you to use one of those Bibles here in the sanctuary under the seat in front of you. If you'd like to use one of those, you can turn to page 441. 
page 441, Psalm 23. Uh, there are a lot of famous verses and, and, and passages in the Bible, but few of them are as well known as Psalm 23. Not just in the church, but even outside of the church. In fact, this psalm, whether in part or in its entirety, is quoted even in ungodly music and movies and on television. This, is, this passage of Scripture is spoken at funerals for the saved and the unsaved. That doesn't surprise us. These are verses of hope. But here's the thing. That hope is for the sheep. And so the sheep have reason to be quite happy indeed. We're going to see that this morning. Let's look at this psalm. It's written by David. Psalm 23, verse 1, says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Or some of us memorized it when we were younger. I shall not want. That's a beautiful statement right there, isn't it? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. That's beautiful. But who, who can actually say that? Who, who can join with David and genuinely say that the Lord is their shepherd? You see, not everyone can. Remember, it's, it's true. Jesus came to be the Savior of the world, but not everyone in the world is saved. Jesus desires to be the shepherd of everyone, but not everyone is a part of his flock. So the question is, well, who is a part of his flock? You know, Jesus made that very clear for us. I'm going to read a few verses for you from John chapter 10. John chapter 10, I'm going to pick up in verse 24 there. We read this in John chapter 10. It says, The Jews who were gathered there around him were saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. So who can call Jesus their shepherd? His sheep. Well, who are his sheep? They are the ones who listen to him and believe in him and follow him. All right, those are the sheep. All of us who heard the truth of the gospel. And then we went to Jesus in repentant faith, trusting him as our shepherd and as our Savior. We are the ones who have entered into his flock. We're the ones who've been given eternal life. We'll never perish in hell. We'll never be snatched out of his hand. That's what it is to be a sheep. The question is, are you one of his sheep? Is he your shepherd? Is he your savior? Recently, I saw this video on social media of this young girl who was being interviewed. And in the interview, she said that she is a Christian. And the interviewer followed up by asking if she believes the Bible. She was very quick to say, oh, no, no. I don't believe the Bible. Of course, she went on to admit that she actually didn't even know what the Bible taught, but she knew that she didn't, didn't agree with it. Now, listen, the reality is that girl, she's, 
She's not a Christian. Okay, if you, if you do not listen to the shepherd, and believe in the shepherd, and follow the shepherd, you're not one of his sheep. Right? But I point that out because, believers, it's good for us to know, church, that's the type of country that we live in. Okay, We need to recognize that. Where for a lot of people, Christianity, it's a, it's a cultural thing. It's not about standing firmly on the word of God and having faith in Jesus Christ and following him as your Lord. Okay, for a lot of people, Christianity is a cultural thing. But that's not true. They're, they're, look, there are a lot of people who might be able to quote Psalm 23. They might be able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. But a lot of them, they're, they're not one of the Lord's sheep. That's just the reality we need to recognize. And believers, we should desire to share the gospel with those people so they can become one of the Lord's sheep. So they can become a part of this flock. But for those of us who are, I don't want us to miss something incredible Jesus said in John chapter 10. And he said a lot of incredible things. But this is what he said about his sheep that I want you to remember. He said this. He said, I know them. He said, I know them. You see, a shepherd, he knows his sheep. He knows them by name. He knows when one of them is missing. He knows their habits. He, he knows them. And I wanted to highlight that because, Christian, I want you to remember that Jesus, the good shepherd, he, he knows you. So don't ever think that you are insignificant in his eyes. Don't ever think that he forgets about you. Don't ever think that he takes his eye off of you. Don't ever think that he does not care for you. Jesus said in John chapter 10 that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Believer, Jesus knows you. He died for you. He loves you. And the first reason we should be happy that we are his sheep is because the sheep have the shepherd. We have a shepherd. He's the greatest shepherd, believers. We can say with David, the Lord is my Shepherd. See, we're no longer blind sinners aimlessly wandering about in this life, following the devil and marching straight towards hell. Those days are behind us. No, no, no. We have the Lord as our shepherd. And how incredible that the God of the universe would take such a role. Let me explain to you what I mean by that. Being a shepherd is not a glamorous job. Shepherds, especially in the days of of David, shepherds were, were with their sheep 24-7 out in the, the wilderness, the weather, in the wild. And this wasn't a, a lucrative or lavish lifestyle. No, this was a life of labor and a life of love. And this is how God chooses to describe the relationship he has with his people. Because you see, God is always with us 24-7. God is constantly pouring into our lives. We might not always realize how he is, but he is constantly pouring into our lives. And his love for us is unending. So it breaks my heart when I hear Christians say that they feel in their situation that God doesn't care for them. Or they think that maybe he's ignoring what they're going through. When we feel that way, believer, it's clearly because we've forgotten how good the shepherd is. He's our shepherd, and he is good. And we're going to see this morning just how good he is. We're going to see just how good we have it as his sheep. But the truth is, we have the shepherd. There's nothing greater than that. That alone should make us say with David, I shall not want, that I lack nothing. 
Because what in this life could be greater than being a part of the Lord's walk? But you know what? There is a whole lot more for us to see. Let's look at verse 2. David said, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. And the next reason that we should be happy to be sheep is because the sheep have their needs met by the shepherd. That should make us happy. The sheep have their needs met by the shepherd. Like like how the shepherd makes us lie down in green pastures, leads us beside quiet waters. There's a man named Philip Keller. He's a, he's a pastor, and he also lived for, for a number of years as a shepherd. And, and he talked about how in order to get a sheep to lie down, he said it's almost impossible unless you first meet four requirements for the sheep. He said the sheep needs to be free from fear. He said the sheep needs to be free from friction with other sheep. The sheep needs to be free from flies and pests. And then he said, fourth, the sheep needs to be free from hunger. The sheep won't lie down unless he's at peace in those areas. You know, there are many troubles that we will face in this life, believers. Things that will make us spiritually restless. All right, the world and the devil are going to attack us. Fear is going to try and grip our hearts. At times, we're going to experience friction with other believers. We're going to go through the pesky difficulties of this life. And we're going to face deep needs like the need for hunger that some believers face. Yet our shepherd brings us peace in these things. The Bible says that the Lord gives us a spirit of power, not of fear. So we don't need to fear our enemies. The Bible tells us that he brings unity to the body of believers. He also helps us persevere through life's pesky difficulties when we look to him. And he provides for all our needs. He brings us peace in these things. In fact, Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 14, he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Because our Savior, our Shepherd, He gives His people the greatest peace. And what that means is that the Good Shepherd, He leads us to these, these green pastures where we find rest, where we find spiritual refreshment because He meets our needs. We are refreshed. And so as we follow Him, we find peace in our situations. The problem is when we grow discontent with the places that the Lord leads us, with that pasture that we're in. That's when we start to think that maybe the grass is greener on the other side, right? Well, that's when we start to think that maybe the world does offer something better. Maybe that sin is actually more satisfying than what the Lord is offering me. And that's when we wander. That's when we start to think that grass, it looks, it looks better than where the Lord has me. Keller said that he once had a, a ewe, a female sheep, who was great in a lot of ways. Said, great looking sheep, bore great lambs, but there was a problem. She was discontent. She was restless. And, and so he said that 
even though he would go to this great length to prepare the fields for the sheep. He'd move obstacles and stones and take out poisonous plants. He would go through all this labor of love to prepare the fields to make this great pasture for his sheep. But despite all of that, this sheep would constantly wander through fence openings and around these distant bends. He would go and look for her. And many times, he said, she would end up in these barren fields and he would find her feeding on brown, ruined grass. How many times, believers, has our wandering from the Good Shepherd actually brought about anything good in our lives? Sometimes we lack peace in our lives simply because we have refused to stay near to our shepherd. We're unwilling to stay in those green pastures that he brings us to. And then a lot of us look around and we say, why don't I have peace? Because we're not following the shepherd. But the closer we follow him, the more we'll find ourselves at rest and at peace, no matter what we are going through. In fact, believer, maybe you're here and maybe you know you've been wandering from the Lord. And maybe you're finally tired of that barren field that you have put yourself in. If that's true for you, I want to encourage you to run back to the shepherd. Because in his arms you'll find forgiveness, you'll find refreshment, you'll find that he refreshes your soul. Then David said, he guides me along the right paths for You know what sheep are great at? Going down. Uh, They need someone to lead them, to guide them, or they end up in trouble. Let me give you an example of that. There's a sheep in Scotland known all over Scotland, this one sheep. The sheep's name is Fiona. And Fiona was, was rescued about a month ago. Why was she rescued? Great question. Let me share it with you. You see, No one knows exactly how, they have a couple theories, that Fiona either wandered away from uh, some other sheep or wandered down a path or fell down this cliff. Either way, Fiona ended up at the bottom of this cliff in Scotland. And the problem was, there was no easy path for her to get back up. So Fiona the sheep was isolated at the bottom of the cliff for two years, taking shelter in this cave before eventually this group of farmers went to the tremendous task of rescuing her. That's what Fiona did. And the truth is that left on our own, we tend to wander down some pretty poor And it's when we take our eyes off of Christ. It's when we ignore his leading in our lives. It's when we refuse to listen to his word. That's when we find ourselves, believers, wandering into sin. That's when we fall into some addiction or into some terrible decision. Now, praise the Lord that He's always available and willing to rescue us and restore us when we look to Him again. But we need direction in this life. And you know what? The Good Shepherd, He meets that need. He shows us how to live in righteousness. He shows us how to live for Him. You see, now that we're in Christ, there's no more guessing in this life. We're not aimless wanderers anymore. We have a purpose, believers, We have a reason for existence. It's not to do things for our name's sake, but for His name's sake. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us in verse 10 that Christians, that we have been created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, 
God knows what we need to do, and he knows where we need to go. God has a purpose for us. And when we follow him closely, we'll find that instead of being distracted by the filth of this world, no, we'll find that we're walking on the path and in the purpose that he has for us. Because he leads us on the right paths. He leads us on righteous paths. He gives us the direction that we need in this life. Including in the times that David mentions next in verse 4. He said, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. You know, one of the hardest things is that sometimes as we follow the shepherd, we find ourselves in these, these valleys. And valleys can be dangerous places for sheep because predators lurk in the shadows. The sheep doesn't know if a wolf or a coyote is waiting for them. If sudden rains will come and make the ground unstable or if the darkness is going to make the path too hard to see. So what does the sheep do when it's in the valley? What is it? Does it break off on its own? Try and find higher ground? Make its own way? Well, that'd be foolish, wouldn't it? That's a quick ticket to disaster. Now, the best thing for the sheep to do is to huddle closer to the shepherd. Because if a predator comes to the path, well, the good shepherd is going to be ready to defend the sheep, right? David did that. Remember, David's the one who wrote this. David knew about that. In fact, in 1 Samuel 17, David was talking to King Saul, and David talked about how, oh yeah, you know, when a, a lion or a bear came and took one of his sheep, what did he do? He chased it down and killed it, and got a sheep and brought it back. I don't know about you, but if I was one of David's sheep, I'd feel safe when I was close to him, even when he brought me through a valley. And sometimes, believers, sometimes God is going to lead you through those dark valleys. And, and it's good for us to remember, that's usually the only way to mountaintops anyways. I mean, we all long for spiritual mountaintops in our lives. But sometimes we have to go through difficult valleys to get there. Hard times are going to come. We're going to experience loss. We're going to experience hardship. We're going to go through persecution. We're going to have these times where we realize that the devil, he's, he's lurking in the shadows, he's trying to discourage us and tempt us. But don't wander off and make your own path. No, instead, that's why we need to huddle closer to the shepherd. We don't need to fear the evil that surrounds us or, or the hardship that rests on us or even the literal death that might approach us. Because when we huddle closer to the shepherd, when we huddle closer to Jesus, we'll find his comfort in the midst of that dark valley. See, sometimes that's what we need most in those times. We need, we need his comfort. And he knows how to comfort us. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says that our God is the God of all comfort. In fact, Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5. He said, For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort 
abounds through Christ. He's there to comfort us when we're in the valley. That's what we need. And He meets that need. And and then even when our enemies surround us, the shepherd prepares a table before us. He anoints our head with oil. He doesn't stop taking care of his sheep. He doesn't stop recognizing and meeting our needs. And because of that, even when we're in the valleys, we can still say, my cup overflows. Look at all these things. Do you see why David said at the beginning, I shall not want, that I lack nothing? It's not because we have everything in the world, believers. That's a false gospel. Okay? The idea that we're going to have everything and every riches in this life. No, no, no. It's not because we have everything in the world that we lack nothing. It's because we have everything that we need in Jesus Christ. The shepherd meets our needs. Sheep are going to have tired days. Times where they're exhausted and where they're thirsty in the heat, where they face danger from predators. But here's the thing. It's only the wild and the wandering sheep that need to fear those things. The sheep following the shepherd lacks nothing. So they want nothing. Those sheep are content. Because ultimately those sheep remember this. Verse 6. David said, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So not only do the Lord's sheep have the greatest shepherd, not only do we find that all their needs are met by the shepherd, but we find here that the sheep have a forever home with the shepherd. Now, I've, uh, I've never been a shepherd, by the way, in case you were wondering. But I have owned a couple of pets in my life. And one of those pets that I forgot about until this week, wasn't very dear to me, was a hermit crab that I owned for a very brief time. And it was pretty neat seeing that little crab crawl on all the colorful rocks in its container. A lot of fun for a little while. And then I got tired of them. And that's the end of that story. Because that's as much as I remember. I don't know if it died. I don't know if I set it free, in which case it certainly died very quickly. All I know is that I had him, and I got tired of him. Now, I don't know about you, believer, but I am so glad that the good shepherd will never tire of his sheep. We will always be dear to him. He will always love us. We will always dwell in his house and in his family, so much so that we will be with him forever. You know, sometimes, sometimes we get so focused on those valleys that we're in that we forget that those valleys, just like this life, they're, they're not forever. But our eternity with the Good Shepherd is forever. There are a lot of things we're going to face in this life, believers, but as followers of Jesus, we face those things with the shepherd by our side until that day comes that we step into his presence for all eternity. So look, church, I don't know about you, but I'm happy to be a sheep because I don't believe the Lord calls us sheep simply because sheep do foolish things. It's because sheep fully depend on the shepherd 
and they're taken care of by the shepherd. And in the same way, believers, we need to fully depend on the Lord because he's the one who takes care of us. He, he's the one who meets our needs. He's the one whose love and goodness will always be in our lives. And so I want us to recognize the joy of that. I want us to see the truth this morning. And the truth I want us to recognize is this. That there is great contentment and joy for the sheep when they follow the shepherd. There's great contentment and joy for the sheep when they follow the shepherd. I emphasize that because if you're here, you're a believer in Jesus Christ, and you can join with David and say, the Lord is my shepherd. But if you want to say, I shall not want, if you want to enjoy that contentment, then we need to actually follow him. We need to obey his teachings and his word and his commands. We need to live in the way that he's marked out for us, not the way that the world and that the devil will tempt us to try and follow, saying there's better fulfillment that way. No, no, no. Instead of going into those barren fields of sin and self, we need to walk in step with the shepherd. Because you know what? When we're with him, that's where contentment is found. That, that's where we find that our needs are met. And we're with him. That's where we're going to remember that our future home is better than the best and the worst days that we are going to face in this life. So if we want to say, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want, then church, we need to be walking closely with the shepherd day by day. And so believe maybe you're here. Maybe some of us, we haven't been walking closely with him. In which case, we need to be restored to that relationship, to that, that close walk. Believer, if you're here and sin has grabbed hold of you, and that sin is unconfessed in your life, you've been living in it, I want to I remind you the truth of 1 John 1.9, which tells us that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous so that He'll forgive us of our sins, purify us from all unrighteousness. He'll forgive you. He'll restore you in that intimate walk with Him. Or maybe you're here, believer, and you've been walking through a really dark valley, and the truth is, You've had a really hard time trusting the Lord in that valley. And if that's true for you, I'm going to encourage you during this final song that we're going to sing, go to the Lord in prayer and tell Him that. It's true that He knows what's on your heart, but tell Him what's on your heart. Tell Him the struggle that you're having, the fears that you're going through, the doubts that you can't shake, and then choose to put your trust in Him day by day and moment by moment. And believer, maybe you're here and you realize it's been a while since you've rejoiced about your eternal home. So as we sing this final song, let that be the joy of your heart. The reminder that we are going to be with our shepherd forever. However it is that the Lord is leading you to respond, believer, I'm going to encourage you to respond in just a moment here. And if you're here and Jesus Christ isn't your Savior, if you can't say beyond a shadow of a doubt, the Lord is my shepherd, friend, if you can't say that, please do not leave here today that way. Please understand, if you choose to go your life without Jesus Christ as your shepherd, if you choose to do that without putting your faith in Him, if you choose to walk through life without Him, then you will go through your eternity without Him. Which means that you will be separated from Him forever in a place called hell. That's a just punishment for our sins. The good news is that Jesus loves you. He proved that by laying his life down for you and me and the person next to you and everyone in this world. 
Jesus died to pay the penalty for our sins so we could be rescued from hell, so we could be forgiven, so we could finally have that relationship with him. And friend, today, if you're ready to give your life to Jesus, if you're ready to finally start following him, we want you to be able to do that before you leave. You can come and find me during the final invitation song. You can find one of our deacons in the back, Michael Giorgini. He'd love to talk and pray with you. But if you're ready to give your life to Jesus now, if you're ready to start following the shepherd right now, we want to give you the chance to do that. Let's pray together. Friend, if that's where you're at, you don't know. You don't know that after this life you're going to be with the Lord. You don't know that he's your shepherd. Friend, friend, why go another day without being able to say you've been forgiven, you've been saved, that the Lord is your shepherd? Friend, if you're ready to change that, if you're ready to repent of your sin, if you're ready to give your life to Jesus, believe in him and follow him, you can do that right now. You can pray a simple prayer like this. Dear Jesus, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I've broken your commands. I've done bad things. And I know that my sin is separating me from you. But Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you didn't stay in the grave, but that you rose from the dead. Jesus, today I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. I'm ready to put those things behind me. I'm ready to give you my life. I want you to take my life. And I'm ready to start following you today. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that if there's anyone here today who made that decision to follow the shepherd, I pray they'd share it before they leave with somebody. If there's anybody here who's still on the fence, they're not sure where they stand with you, what decision to make. They have questions. I pray they'd be willing to talk to me during the final song, talk to someone in the back. And for those of us who have made that decision, Father, to give our life to Jesus Christ, the shepherd of our soul, teach us, teach us day by day to follow him more closely. Show us the, the areas that we're not submitting to you. Show us the ways in which we, we wander. Show us the areas of discontentment in our lives. Do a work in our hearts so that we could say with David, not only that the Lord is our shepherd, but so that we could also say, I shall not want. Father, I pray that we would be the most content and joyful people because we are your people. Father, we love you. But as always, we want to thank you for loving us so much more. And we know that you do because you are our shepherd. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Let us pray.